You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. So, did you guys know that human beings, as human beings, you are hardwired to need challenge? You need to be stretched to be healthy, to be sharp continually. So, you see this, by the way, when you study the body. So, exercise routines, you need to change up your exercise routines on a regular basis. The same exercise every time will leave you deficient in other areas. To be healthiest, you need to have stretching and challenge. When it comes to brain science, there's something called plasticity. Your brain constantly learns and rewires throughout your life. If you're not learning something new continually, the brain actually regresses. In your career, they say every two to three years, you need new challenges, whether your scope challenges, your focus challenges, your role. Those two to three year changes, adjustments keep you sharp for peak performance. So we know this about ourselves. Like we operate best, we're the healthiest. We're the sharpest when we have continual challenge, new things. We have this pioneer spirit or adventure. That's the way God wired us as human beings. That's our topic today, the pioneer spirit. And if you want to open either your Bible apps or your Bibles to Acts 17, you can join us there. Our ushers do have Bibles. If you want to grab a Bible, Acts 17, you can raise your hand. Ushers in our locations will get you a Bible. I want to welcome online, those of you guys who are online, welcome wherever you're at. We're so thankful you're joining us. It's a brand new series. If you are in, uh, in Olathe, our Olathe campus team is starting this weekend. We're so excited for you. Uh, it's a new exp- You are pioneers, a new expression, our Olathe campus. We're excited for what God's going to use you for to transform people who will visit our Olathe campus as well. To our Overland Park campus. Uh, welcome, guys, in the auditorium and those in the venue. Venue people, you are rock stars at 9.30.11. We, you are pioneers as well. We are relaunching the venue at 9.30.11 after sending out our Late to Campus team. In fact, I'm going to pause just invite those of you in the auditorium. If you've not visited the venue before, if you're regular here, consider next week worshiping in the venue. It's an awesome experience. So today we're talking about the pioneer spirit. And uh, I want to share a story. I think it perfectly illustrates this human need for challenge. This guy's name is Walter. Take a look. Hi, how can I help you today? Hi, I can't seem to leave a wink for someone. Okay, uh, I'm looking at your profile. You left a lot of this stuff blank. Well, I haven't really been anywhere noteworthy or mentionable have you have you done anything noteworthy mentionable we have ahead of us the privilege of publishing the very last issue of life magazine jumping up and down the floor and for the final issue we just received negative 25 from sean o'connell for the cover it's 25 it's not there I know. Look what I found! What's that? Travel journal Dad gave me. The sun was an okay guy. Hey! They had a hey! How was your weekend? Have an awesome weekend. The ice, Jace. 
She moves like a woman. I'd like to climb your hair. Oh, wow. What is it you call it when he goes into one of his little places? Oh, zoned out. You do that now and then. What's the matter? I lost the picture. So that's an awesome movie. It's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And here he is. He's in a dead-end job. He's not done anything. He's not been anywhere. And he has this sense that there's got to be something more. That's how God wired us. There's got to be something more. And so it kind of ends with this moment where he hears, don't miss this, he hears news about picture 25. Picture 25 is lost. Today we're talking about the pioneer spirit. And, and it's a brand new series, Pioneer Spirit, we're calling it. We have one thought today, just one thought we're going to unpack and revisit in different ways. If you're taking notes, you can write this. This world needs the pioneer spirit. This world actually needs the pioneer spirit. It's Acts 17. Acts 17 is in the middle of a story of Paul's second missionary journey. Here is a picture of his journey. These guys were pioneers. Paul and Silas are sent out on a missions trip that takes three years. Can you imagine a mission trip? Three years, 2,700 miles. You can read the whole story, Acts 15 through 18. So Paul and Silas are sent out from the right side, the city of Antioch, Church of Antioch. They pick up Timothy along the way. Now they visit a city called Thessalonica. They're there to plant a new church. Why? New churches reach new people. New churches are better at making new disciples. New churches change people's lives. And so this world does need the pioneer spirit. And I'll have a couple questions as we begin today just to ask yourself to kind of warm up this thought. Are you living your wiring? Are you living with the pioneer spirit? Are you living with the pioneer spirit? It's how God wired you. He made you this way in his image. A second question, which is a bit odd. Do you know the pioneer spirit? Do you know him? Let's pray and we'll, we'll dive in next 17. God, I just thank you for uh, the chance to worship you. I thank you for the chance to gather together and be encouraged to praise you together. Have our spirits lifted to those who are hurting to be comforted. For those who are Walter Middying, right? This is their life. To be challenged and inspired with more that you have for them. It's how you design them in your image. And God, we just pray right now that this time is yours. Our hearts are yours. Our minds are yours. Our lives are yours. We offer them to you in worship. Because you alone are worthy of being first in everything. Jesus, be lifted up. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, our one-point theme today, our one-point theme, this world needs the pioneer spirit. So what does that mean? Uh, let's, let's unpack this further. If you're writing notes, you can write this down. This world needs to hear about Jesus, the pioneer spirit. Yes, that was a play on words. <laughs> this world needs to hear that Jesus is, that's the guy who is actually the original pioneer spirit, the real pioneer spirit. To quote Walter Mitty, he's the quintessence of life. The quintessence means the most perfect example. Jesus is the most perfect example of the pioneer spirit. 2,000 years ago, that's the gospel. Jesus came to this world as a pioneer. 
His journey fraught with danger, trying to seek and to save us. We were picture 25. We were lost. He came to this world. This world needs to hear. Your friends need to hear that Jesus is the pioneer spirit who came for them. Three quick pictures to set the backstory for Acts 17. Here's one photo of the path that Paul, Silas, and Timothy walked. They walked 100 miles from Philippi on the right to Thessalonica on the left to plant a church. That's like us walking together uh, to Emporia, Kansas to plant a church. All right, this is a picture of the road they used, the Via Ignatia, famous road, by the way. And you can visit those roads today. The Romans built those. That goes across northern Greece. Here's a picture of modern Thessaloniki that they would have seen. Imagine they're suffering for Jesus, right? This is the Greek coast, for goodness sake. It is beautiful. But after the 100-mile walk, like walking in Emporia, Kansas, imagine 200,000 people. That city would have been the second largest city in the state of Kansas today. 200,000 people. Imagine you don't know one person. There's not one church, not one Christian. How do you start a church, Paul, Silas, and Timothy? Where do you start to start a church? Let's see where they started, Acts 17, in verse 1. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, 200,000 people who don't know Jesus, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths, for three Saturday worship times, reasoned with them from the scriptures. Where did Paul start when he didn't know a soul and 200,000 people in a city? He would go to where there was a natural connection. He was Jewish. He was a rabbi. So he could go meet the Jewish people as a rabbi and get a hearing to talk about the Messiah. Where do you go to start sharing Jesus? Just like Paul. Go to people just like you. If you're a teacher, you have a natural inroad with teachers. Start looking for teachers to share Jesus with. If you play soccer, you have a natural number of people who play soccer or watch soccer. Like, that's your community. You're Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Go to them. You're an engineer. Be a missionary to engineers. They'll give you a hearing. If you play World of Warcraft, there's a whole wild community out there. You need to start telling people about Jesus. You have this natural connection. What did Paul do? He would share a two-point message, one from the Bible, one from history. It says in verse 3, he was explaining in those three Sabbath, Saturday worship times, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ, that's the Greek word for Messiah, which means anointed. Christ is Greek. Messiah is Hebrew, the anointed one. The Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. He had two points in the synagogue. Point number one, the Old Testament, all he had was the Hebrew Bible. The Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament we would know today, shows you that the Christ had to suffer, had to rise again. He would open up passages like Genesis 3 and Exodus 12 and Isaiah 53, showing these people that the Christ, the Messiah, had to suffer, had to rise. Then he would use history. See, this happened to Jesus in history. This is just 30 years ago, he's saying. We have historical document evidence. He happened. History shows Jesus is the fulfillment of the Christ. That's what he would do. See, this world needs to hear some way, somehow. You have friends. You have people that you care about. They need you to share with them that Jesus came for them as the true, the quintessence of the pioneer 
spirit. And this work is not done. We're not done yet. The Great Commission says go to everybody in the world, every nation in the world. You can write down Mark 16, verse 15, Mark 16, 15, which says the Great Commission. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So we're supposed to go into everywhere in the world and make sure every person, the work is not done yet. There are 41% of the people groups in this world, 41%, of the people groups. That's over 4,000 unique people groups that are still unreached. Wow. Of those 4,000 unreached people groups, 2,000, half of them alone are in the country of India. India has 2,000, half of the unique unreached people groups in this world. Our work is not done yet. Around greater Kansas City area, there are literally thousands of people that we know, just us, we know that need to hear about Jesus. They need us to share with them at some point when the Holy Spirit brings up that Jesus is the one who came for them, the pioneer spirit. Okay, what does it mean for uh, the world needs the pioneer spirit? Let's unpack this further. If you take your notes, you can write this down. This world also needs church planters and church planting teams with the pioneer spirit. Church planters and church planting teams with the pioneer spirit. I mean, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Paul and Silas, Paul was the leader, Silas was a trained supporter, Timothy, just a guy, a nobody, guy, I'm not a speaker, I can't do this, I guess I can set up for you, just a guy, we need people in this world to start churches in Kansas City, different expressions, all around the Kansas City area, people willing to move to other states in the United States to plant churches, people willing to move their families, go take a job, go overseas, go somewhere to plant the church, why? New churches make new disciples better they do and so here's a couple pictures by the way church planting is the extreme sport of the christian world there it is that's church planting team there's paul silas and timothy church planting is the special forces of the christian world this is where the action is which is awesome but now you're thinking okay extreme sport i don't like that special forces i'm not that it's regular people here's a picture of our us praying over our aletha campus team a few weeks ago just normal people, just like Timothy, just like you, just like me, just a guy. Hey, I'm willing to help out the key point person. I'm going to be sent out. That's what Acts 17 says. We see them plant a new church in the city of Thessalonica, 200,000 people, one church, verse 4. And some of them were persuaded, like some bought it, which means not everyone will believe you, and that's normal. That's okay. That's good news. You're normal. And some of them were persuaded. And a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. What does it mean to join a church? They birthed a church. The church plant has happened. And they joined a church. In Greek, by the way, the word joined is a compound word. It means with and lot, or with an inheritance. When you join a church, you're casting your lot in your lot with them. Like, hey, I'm committed to what God is doing through this community. It's not perfect agreement, but you sense God wants you to be committed to that. With an inheritance. We have a shared spiritual inheritance. They planted a church. Now, the cool thing is, there's just a few verses on this particular church. But we have 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. We get a back 
stage past, so to speak, at what a new church plant was like in the first century. If you jump over to 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 8, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 8, Paul writes about his life to the church of Thessalonica, and he makes this comment. After planting the church, he says, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. Remember when you offered me free housing and free food and free chariot rides? I'm not sure what he offered. He said, hey, listen, I didn't take any of it for free. He basically kept his full-time job as a tent maker. You can also write down, write down Philippians 4, 15 to 16. He was raising money from another church plant, the church at Philippi. The Philippians sent money twice to him, 100 miles there, 100 miles back, 100 miles there, 100 miles back, twice. So here's a church planter working day and night, tent maker in the day, fundraising at night, planting a church on the weekend. Look what he's doing. Nor to be anyone's bread for free of charge. We worked with labor and toil night and day. It was hard work, he said, planting a church. That we might not be a burden to any of you. We didn't want to burden you as like new believers. Not because we do not have authority. Of course, we have biblical authority. When you receive spiritual benefit, you should give financially. God blesses that way. But we're trying to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. He pointed out, man, we work night and day for this thing. Why would they work so hard for that? People's lives are being changed. New church plants, new sites, they change people's lives. Why would they work so hard? When you know you're doing what God wants you to do and the Spirit is empowering you, it's not work. It's a joy. You're empowered by a supernatural force, the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. Jump back over to Acts chapter 17, verse 5. You can see not everybody in this 200,000 people of Thessalonica were psyched about this moment. It says this in uh, verse 5, but the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar. I mean, Twitter was going ballistic at Thessalonica. They were all upset about this new church plant. And they attacked the house of Jason, who was a new convert, likely housing Paul and Silas. And they sought to bring them out to the people. Imagine that as a new convert. Now here comes the torches and the pitchforks outside your house. That'd freak you out. Verse 6. But when they did not find them, they somehow got, either they weren't there or they got them away, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. They accused them of turning the world upside down. Here's what's weird about that. The world is already upside down. Sin turns people upside down, priorities upside down, people upside down. What Paul and Silas were doing with the gospel, turning it right side up. But if you've lived like a bat your whole life, upside down, that's disorienting to you. He goes on like this. Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, there is another king, Jesus, So that was the most dangerous accusation. You could be killed for not serving the emperor or worshiping the emperor. They gave the Jews a pass, but this new religion, no, we're not giving you a pass. And so they would say, listen, of course we serve Jesus. Yes, he's our real king. 
But we honor the emperor. We pay our taxes in the empire. We're good citizens of the Roman Empire. What are you talking about? It's a false accusation. Verse 8. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. They basically had to post bond saying, you promised this Paul and Silas character will no longer cause problems? Yes. Give us some money. We're going to hold it. Okay. He goes on, verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. Can you imagine getting snuck out of a city at night under cover of darkness? They send them 50 miles away. They leave the Via Ignatia, the road Ignatia, head southwest 50 miles to Berea. What do they do when they get there? Rinse, lather, repeat. When they arrived, when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews, repeated this thing. Guys, they planted a church. By the way, accidentally, this church plant became a church planting church. We are hopeful that all of our church plants, uh, in fact, we're hopeful, we're praying right now for a 100 church plants and sites over the next 20 years. That's what we're praying about. God can do what he wants. We certainly lay it in his hands. We know that new churches make new disciples better. I'm talking globally. I'm talking domestically around Kansas City, different expressions. As of today, with the opening of our Olathe campus, that's one. Uh, to quote Sesame Street, the great philosopher, Count Von Count, I believe. Von! Von Church Plant in sight! Ah, ah, ah! That's awesome. That's 99 left. We are just 99 away from this goal of 100 church plants of sites. Guys, what this world needs is church planters, like the Pauls of this world, support people like the Silas's, and just a guy, just a woman. I can set up stuff like the Timothy of this world to start the church, to plant the church. Okay, this world needs this, this pioneer spirit that is Jesus. They need church planters and teams willing to go under the prompting of the spirit. One more thing, this world needs churches, churches with the pioneer spirit. Let's play on words again. I mean churches with Jesus. Churches where you sense Jesus. I don't know about you, but I can't turn on the news or open social media that I hear, the world's coming to an end! Ah! That's the news I get right now. It's, that's kind of the sense I'm getting from society. You know what this world needs? Churches where people walk into there and they're freaking out out there. And they walk in and you know what they sense? Why are people so peaceful here? What's wrong with you people? You should be freaked out like we are. Well, we serve the Prince of Peace. I mean, you realize that our real king is Jesus, and he's, yeah, he's still on the throne. I checked. He's, he's still right there. You know, he's, he was in charge before. He's going to be charged in the future. Yeah. This world needs churches where they walk in, they see grace. They sense Jesus' presence through grace. They say this, I don't even like these Christians. And yet I feel loved and accepted by them. It's weird. I don't even like you people. And you love me. And that's what grace is. Grace is acceptance offered. Not because you agree with everything. Not because uh, you've done something right or wrong. Because of Jesus. We offer you acceptance. This world needs that. Now one of the cool things about this story in Thessalonica is they start this church here that Paul is ushered out and Silas, they go to Berea, 50 miles southwest. And those yahoos, those serious haters, 
read Twitter, chase them down in Berea and chase them out of there. Now they send Paul to Athens. And later on, he goes finally to the southern area of Greece, a city known as Corinth. And in Corinth, he meets up with Silas and Timothy, this church planting team, and he's so concerned for the church at Thessalonica. It'd be like this. Imagine if our they got chased out of there. Imagine if our Olathe campus team goes three to five to six weeks. And in six weeks, an angry mob with torches and pitchforks arrives around Olathe campus office. And they show up at Prairie Creek Elementary. Get them out of here. And we sneak our team under cover of night out of Olathe. And the only people left at Olathe campus, only people left, first-time visitors, Second-time visitors, third-time visitors. Wouldn't you be a bit concerned about the survivability of our new church planter site? So Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they gathered together. And I'm so glad there was no FaceTime or Skype in those days. Because they just Skyped them. They called them, right? They were forced. There was no, no texting. They were forced to write a letter. And he titled it, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, we have the backstory of what it's like to plant a church, what you should expect when you plant a site or a church, some of the challenge you have. Like that's going to be our series, by the way, this Pioneer Spirit series. The rest of the series, we're going to unpack chapter by chapter what a new church plant does in people's lives. Some of the challenges, we're going to unpack 1 Thessalonians. In fact, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Here's what Paul and Silas and Timothy, they actually hand-delivered this to Timothy. And said, take this there. It says this, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. That's what you get in a church. When Christ is there, you sense grace. People receiving acceptance they did not earn. And peace, peace from God. A church where Christ is in the midst is an oasis spiritually. People have peace in their hearts, or they don't have peace in their hearts, but they go to a community where they sense peace and find the Prince of Peace. There's peace in the church. People have the courageous conversations they need to have to stay united. There's peace, there's grace. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This world needs churches, needs more churches. Just like First Thessalonians 1, 1 describes, where you sense Jesus in the midst, the Prince of Peace, the God of Grace. I started today with a couple of questions. I said, hey, are you living with the pioneer spirit? With a sense of challenge? And newness, whether it's brain science, the human body, your career, you are wired for peak performance with new challenges that stretch you. Are you living that? By the way, all you have to do is live with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to make it up. The Holy Spirit will lead you and stretch you and challenge you if you listen to him. That challenge will come naturally because God loves you. He made you in his image. By the way, if you are at all prompted to be a church planter like Paul or a support person like Silas or just a guy, just a woman like Timothy, email us at cp or church planting at visitgracechurch.com, cp or church planting at visitgracechurch.com saying, hey, I'm not sure if I could, you know, start a church or be just a guy, but I'd like to have a conversation around that or put me on the list to consider. Let's go back to Walter Mitty. So we left him off. 
he's, he's not stretched. He's not living the pioneer spirit. And here's news that something is lost. Picture 25 is lost. Let's see what happens. I like mysteries. You should go. Crack the case. You were Sean's partner. He finished his work. keep this short. I have to make oxygen choices. That movie's so awesome. And the reason is it touches part of our soul that God wired you in his image. And since God is a pioneer, since Jesus left heaven, went to a foreign land, fraught with danger for seeking and saving that which is lost, it's no, I mean, it's no accident. Here's this guy. What changes his life? Okay, I need to seek and to save. Picture 25 is lost. And it's on that journey he finds life, he finds courage, he sees danger, he navigates these kind of things. That resonates with us because you've God built you that way. Are you living under the prompting of the Spirit? You'll get this naturally saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And it's scary and it's awesome and it's exhilarating. It's awesome. I had one other question which is odd at the start. I said, do you know the pioneer spirit, that play on words. Do you know him, Jesus? I met Jesus uh, at 19, and I prayed. I remember where I was at, uh, and I sensed a difference. I drove home, and I had a sense of peace. You don't have to remember when it happened to you. That's not a requirement. You may not remember That's totally fine. You don't have to feel something like I did. You may feel greatness. You may feel something great. You may feel nothing. It's by faith. That's okay. But you have to know that you know that you've surrendered your life to Jesus. That's the most important thing. And there are people watching online, people in the venue, people within 10 feet of you that have never done this. And Jesus came for you. He knows all about you. He made you. He died for you. He came to seek you who was lost. You were picture 25. The missing thing. That he came after. Would you like to receive Christ right now? Let's pray for me. God, I thank you for this time. Thank you for the chance to worship you, to honor you, to glorify you. Those of us who have Christ as Savior, we just collectively thank you that you moved in our life by the Holy Spirit. We received you. Thank you so much for that. Your 
love that pursued us, knowing everything about us. Thank you that our relationship with you is not based on anything we do or don't do or have done. It's based on your grace. You offer us acceptance we do not deserve, that we cannot earn, that we cannot lose, based on you. Our heads are bowed. Would you pray for those maybe that are worshiping online or in a little location or within a few feet of you that God is drawing to him? Pray for them. And if you would like to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer of surrender. Would you make this your own? Would you pray something like this? Pray, dear Jesus, pray it to him. Jesus, thank you for being the pioneer spirit who sought after me who was lost. Thank him for that. Pray something like this. Dear Jesus, you died because I sinned against you. Thank you for your love and your sacrifice. Jesus, forgive me your sacrifice at the cross and then pray full surrender Jesus I surrender my life to you as an act of thankfulness a surrender my life is yours I place you in control you on the throne of my life Jesus I surrender myself my future my life to you Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.